You're tuned into Cowl Fans, a popped off podcast, the casual fans' home for Overwatch League news. We're coming at you from the first Brandon studio in Tampa, Florida. I'm your host, Alurimore. I'm Haller. And what a wild playoffs ride it has already been. Yeah, this is looking to be the, definitely the best postseason we've had. Out of in, the two of them. Yeah, we've only had two, but definitely the superior one. Cool storylines in the last one, but we've had much more competitive and exciting games. Like, there have been already, like, a couple instant classics out of this playoff bracket, and we still have the craziest let to left to come. That's true. More than likely. It's true. So. It's all going to be crazy. And, and I think it's worth mentioning, though, it feels like we just got started because we did. <clears throat> but really, there's only one more week of playoffs. See? To me, I was going to say that it feels like we started playoffs forever ago. Really? Like, the Vancouver-Soul match feels like an eternity ago. I mean, the games have been rather long. The so games have been long. Like They've that. been exciting. And, like, there's been so much development between what we saw Thursday to what we started to see, like, come Sunday that, when we finally saw, like, Atlanta versus New York. That is a truth. So it's just, it's been a while. And the play-ins were last week, too, and that was, like, pseudo-playoffs. It's just, it, it's, it's been a lot. It's been super exciting. Though. I gotta say, I really appreciated play-ins. They really did set the stage for us for playoffs. They really yeah. showed us what things were going to be. And, and I think that that actually helped our playoffs to the, be the competitive level that they are, to have those teams have a little go at it in front yeah. of everybody. <clears throat> I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that's a good thing. That's not in my notes. That one's free. <laughs> yeah, play-ins were really awesome. And it's just, it's, it's felt like this whole season has really been a joy. Like, the, the, the competitiveness of this. I can't remember a playoffs this exciting yeah. um, outside, like, Apex Season 2, I think, is the last time there's just been this good of playoffs. And we've been lucky, too, that even the stage playoffs, at least in the finals, have been crazy exciting, too. Um, I'm just, I'm really glad Best of Sevens here. I think that's a big part of why this is so exciting. Best I think of you're Sevens right. is just peak Overwatch. I think you're right. So, we're going to start off today's show by saying fond farewell to those teams who have been eliminated. Hmm. Soul Dynasty, London Spitfire, you fought well. You made it to playoffs. You should be you proud. Did. Yeah, and it's like both teams kind of won out with a whimper. They really did. But they had some bright moments. Um, I think out of everything I watched this weekend, my favorite map might have been Soul Dynasty when they played the Vancouver Titans and they won that Numbani. Mm. Just their play was so big brained. It really it was. was so cool <laughs> to watch what they were doing and the decision making they had. It was so intelligent. And then it just disappeared, like by map four. Right. It just couldn't keep up with such big brained strats the whole time. Um, and Vancouver made it more brawly, and then they just kind of fell out. But I think they definitely had some really good moments. Um, they, they set this meta. If you go back to the playing tournament, right? You it were was, talking. This is what that. That's when we, that's when we really started to see Soul yeah. come through it. With and a lot of people started to be comp. really hot on Soul for that reason because we we thought Guangzhou Charger was going to be really good and everyone was playing Farah Reaper and then all of a sudden Soul's just like nah, I'm going to pop off on McCree and they totally shifted the meta. Like had that game not happened, playoffs could have been totally different. I think this fair. past week. 
It's kind of a little, it's a little two-edged sword too, right? Because you think about the last team that pioneered a meta was really the Dragons. And it yeah. took them, not even, it took them more than a stage to really solidify how that needed to go so that we could see that yeah. perform in its peak at their mm -hmm. stage three playoff finals. Mm -hmm. I mean, you saw them like experimenting with Farah and Sombra since the very like earliest weeks. Right of the Overwatch League, and it wasn't until stage three when it all finally came together and there were a couple adjustments on heroes, nothing major like no. stage four, right? right? But still enough that they were able to kind of finally fine tune everything and showcase it. So to have a, to come in and like shift the meta that quick, like that, that's a big testament like to Seoul and their, and their coaching staff and what they were able to perform there. Yeah. So I think they have a lot to be proud of. Um, London Spitfire treated us to a fantastic match of Overwatch between, against the Shanghai Dragons. Yeah. That was an absolute joy to watch. Um, it's a little surprising to see them go out, I guess, because, I mean, all the players say this meta plays more like GOAT, so I guess it makes sense that London goes out. Yeah. But it's still surprising. Like, I watched the, um, with the All Access Pass interview with Sideshow, and one right. of the questions he was asked was, build, like, your fantasy Overwatch League. Okay, well, I'm going to take the best main tanks and off tanks in the league. So, like, Fury and Gesture. And then I need, like, the best damage dealers. And that's without a doubt, Profit. And then I'll probably want a really good hit scan player to pair with Profit. So I'll probably want Bird Ring. And <laughs> I need a good, versatile flex DP, uh, flex healer. And Jonak, if it was just Zenyatta, I'd want Jonak. But if I want the Ana and the Moira and everything else, I'll probably want someone like Bedosin who could play everyone at those high low. It's true. <laughs> right? And he just and he's like, oh, it just names the London Spitfire. Like, this team is stacked. And it's so weird to just see them, especially now that we get to look at all of Season 2 in retrospect. Yeah. They were just very middling results for what this team's potential it really be. It really seems like we needed them to develop synergy more so than just their individual player skill. Whenever we talk about fantasy brackets mm -hmm. and stuff like that, we talk about just the best players in their roles. Right. And these are definitely some of those, right? I mean, right. they're all among the top mm -hmm. in what they do. But but it just it never feels like they click together as a single cohesive unit. You have these moments of profit carrying. Yeah. Right, and we saw in the play-ins, Prophet pull out his tracer and pull a fair out so of the sky. Which is so weird because it feels like Prophet has insane um, synergy with his main tank player, right. be it Fury this past meta when they were when Jester started playing Sigma, or Jester when he was on the main tank before that. Like, so it's like super weird. Like there are like these moments of like they look like they're more synergized with their Arisas more than anyone else. That's mm. always been a London Spitfire. But thing. they just can't. And keep then it it's consistently. like there's something broken there. Yeah. Um. And then they've had weird coaching restructurings every season before playoffs. They get rid of a coach. They've got. They, I think they've been through like four or five coaches. Like more coaches than the Mayhem, and we we've had issues. You know. Like, this is a team that's won championships, and they've right. still had to go through all these coaches. So, I, it, it's so weird. Like, you think you wouldn't want to change anything in this roster, but... The, the, roster's pro the roster may not be the issue. Clearly, there's a reason they're going through coaches, and they just haven't found it yet. Yeah, and Bird Ring made a... I think it was a tweet, or he just made some sort of post saying, like, he had lost all motivation mm. late in the season. Maybe that's why we weren't seeing him play. Um, so are we going to see Bird Ring retire? What does that mean? Will these players go other places? Because I've, 
being unsatisfied in London. Weird things are going down. I'm worried. I'm worried for this team how they went out because it was with such a whimper. Mm. Um, and these players, this is this is literally the first time a lot of these players have lost a tournament. That's true because they've been together since GC Busan, who just yeah. rolled through. Everything. They, they did the Royal Road. Like even Prophet tweeted, "My Royal Road comes to an end" because I he's mean, literally just been winning since he hit the scene. It's true. I, and for those of you who don't know, GC Busan really they showed up to a season of Apex. Yeah. They did the whole Apex in a chal- group of death too. They if showed, I remember right. Right. They showed up through the Apex Challengers bracket and won uh-huh. that first place. So then yeah. they get into Apex. And then, yeah, they had the group of death with um, Lunatic High Lunatic and High. Runaway, I think, were in their group. Uh, or, I, not, or maybe Kongdu Panthera. I think it was Kongdu. Yeah, they knocked out someone. And big. they I knocked Lunatic High out in that round, I think, in the round of 16, didn't they? Yes. I, it uh, was nuts. I mean, it was just absolutely bonkers. And they 4-0'd them every time, the, well, the former. I think they were in Envious's bracket, too. May, yeah, I don't remember. It was crazy. And they just decimated <laughs> everybody. So long ago. Then they won the whole tournament. Yeah, and then pretty they... convincingly. That finals wasn't very close. And then they come to Overwatch League, have this weird warbly, you know, uh, season, and then come out uh-huh. on top as the whole grand finals champions. Yep, and it looks like, okay, this is just a team that turns up in playoffs. Like, they started the year really They just need really those tournament hot, brackets. And they were like, eh, we, no, we're already doing today. good. And then they just, yeah. It's time have... for them to join the ranks of the regular team. So we appreciate you. We appreciate Seoul. You guys have been excellent. We love that you guys were here. We'll see you next week. We got to move on. Last week, last week you described to me how Seoul was playing in mm-hmm. the play-ins. And I looked at you and I said, Howler, this sounds like a very NYXL favored meta. And you looked at me with the gleam in your eye. You said, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> boy, oh yes. boy. When everyone else was counting them out. How right were we? Take that. Feels good, man. I don't want to put any more pressure on uh, Jonathan Larson, (laughs) who is getting so much flack already for making a reasonable prediction well before the meta was solidified. Although, kudos to him. I did listen to his chat podcast that Uh he does with some of the boys from the Overwatch League talent team. Right. Um, And he he did say that he was also with us starting to predict NYXL when none of the other three of them were. And he's like, you know what? I'm feeling it. Even though I know I said what I said. Like, just a few days ago, I've been thinking on it, and I think New York XL, this could be really good for them. He's really good about changing his predictions with his new information. Yeah, because you got to do that, right? Like, I put out a new bracket after I got to watch all the teams play because just you don't know. Like, if I think if this was the Farah Doomfist meta that we were expecting, maybe... I think they still could have done all right, but probably wouldn't be close to as hot as they're looking now. Because mm. New York is looking like the favorites for this tournament. They really are. They really are. Yeah. They've done a great job with this Reaper Doom Fist. Right. They're playing the defensive just right in that way that only New York can. Mm-hmm. They are hitting the spots that they need to hit. And they're doing cheese strats that actually have been throwing me off. That's very not New York. I, I, do, I think it's very New York. Do you? I do. I do. Okay. Because it allows them, A, to play more defensive. Um, it, Because this this meta is very high tempo with the Doomfist. Okay. When you put a Bastion in, that slows the game down a ton. That lets New, New York, York play likes their that, game. Right? And what this does as well, because I really don't think it's cheese. It's really just a good 
defensive setup against the Doomfist. It hard counters the Doomfist, but you really need the Doomfist because of the amount of shields in this meta. So it sends teams into this weird position of really not, of really being uncomfortable, right? right? Um, and it also allows New York to have set plays. They have all these interesting strategies of how they're setting these things up, and then they're also bringing in the Symmetra on attack and defense. You just see them zip, zoop, 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 yeah. all around the points. They have these set setups that they're doing. They're mixing it up, um, even between attack rounds, which is something that always bothers me in Overwatch, especially the Overwatch League. It felt like it used to be more present in the early days, but where you show one strat on attack and then the next attack, you alter it a little bit, or the next defense, you change it up a little bit. Just enough to throw your opponents Yeah, it's just because they figured it out last time. Now they have to kind of rethink it. Um, they'll, they'll do those little changes. Like, they'll attack one time with, like, Bastion May, and the next time it's Bastion Symmetra, or whatever it's going to be, or on defense. They'll change right. up, a, like, a hero or a positioning um, to kind of keep teams on their toes. It, sound, it seems like they have a lot of strategies. They have these very interesting set plays. They're, they're switching their tempos very well. Sometimes they're playing a very defensive style, and then the next time they have... Libero way in your backline going for your supports, yeah. which is not really something you're seeing out of every team. Like an interesting stat out of the Atlanta game that they had was um, Erster had zero solo kills, which if you've been doing the um, the little voting thing and there's like vote the uh, league picks, yeah, and it's like, oh, vote for which player you think is going to have solo kills. Most maps there's been no solo kills. Most of the time, you vote on that. Like, you could have voted for a bench boy, and it still would have been right, because they all got zero. Wow. Libero got eight in that match. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, every once in a while, they're just sending him in the back line, and he's just punching Dogman into a wall or punching your Moira, which Moira is probably the... It's, they recognize that as a win condition. If you can get a Doomfist in the back and just pick that Moira... The Moira's... That's the biggest impact yeah. thing, where if you're, if you're just doing what most people are doing, which is you're punching in uppercutting, and slamming out, you're probably only going to pick a tank, maybe a Lucio if you're lucky. The Moira is going to be the last person you hit. And the Moira is a more valuable and target. that's the most valuable target. So New York has all these different strategies, all these different looks, different tempos they can play. They are playing the more aggressive style with Sabiel B when he's on the Reaper and then bringing it back more defensive. They're, they have so many looks. They seem like they're miles ahead of everyone else in the meta. How much of this do you attribute to their coaching staff, though? And how much of this do you attribute to their leader in-game being back on the field with them? 60-40. Um, 60 coaching, 40 save you'll be? Yes. Because I think a lot of it is the is the coaching. Like, this Bastion strat, we aren't seeing it, like, anywhere else. Sure. You just, it was just watching all the other games before it, it and the game after it, immediately after the uh, initial New York-London match. It was just Reaper Doom Fist Mirror, Reaper Doom Fist Mirror. Suddenly, just New York's racking on the Bastion until by the time you get to Gibraltar, you've literally forced London into the Bastion Mirror. Mm. And, then you're, and then you're back to... One of the best rounds of Overwatch we've ever seen in our life, which was Shock versus Atlanta, Reaper Doomfist Mirror, seven match epic. That was pretty great. That was so pretty good. great. Um, so I think that's a huge part of it. And the teams who have played New York and some of the teams like San Francisco Shock who are like, we don't want to lose, have started to adapt some of these Bastion strats. Um, and, the, and 
the teams who are playing New York, they're, they're playing this bastion, and nobody else is. And I expect to see this a lot more next week, but I think New York are just, we're just ahead of the meta this week. But the other 40% definitely say Bielby. I mean, this guy's such a leader. He really like, seems to be. He, just everyone in New York, they always seem like kind of down. Now they're all so happy, like, Sabiobi's always smiling. He gets up in between matches and, like, gives everyone on his team a high five. Like, nobody does that. It's just, like, so good to see, like, this real leadership figure in a team. I don't think anybody else has this. Like, to your point, yes, Seoul has Ruje Hong, and, like, there are other leaders in teams. Yeah. But to the level that Sabiobi is, like, your classic leader, that you could just look at that person, like, a non-esports fan can look and watch how New York is interacting on stage. If this could be your first time you're watching Overwatch League. When you see Sabio B going around and giving everyone like a high five and like hyping them up between a match, like you know that guy is the leader of that team. It's true. It's true. So and he's so clutch. That's <laughs> the other thing New York has been missing this whole this whole season. Um, and I mentioned it last podcast with Nene how I think he doesn't have good decision making. Nene is also very unclutch. When it's those pressure situation, he eats a grab into no one, right? Sure. That's that's what Nene does, where when you look back and see um, even like the inaugural season of the Overwatch League, Sabiel B was always that clutch player. When it's that overtime moment and New York looks like they're about to lose it, Sabiel B gets a 3K on Tracer, right? And he's been doing that on Reaper too. It looks like New York's about to lose King's Row and all of a sudden Sabiel B just gets this huge 4K death blossom out of flipping nowhere. It just clutches them the point, and there's so many, like, this was a 4-2 scoreline, and it looked like New York kind of dominated Atlanta. But if you go back and think about all the time Sabiel B just clutched out a fight, this could have been a lot closer, sans Sabiel B. Mm. So I think his leadership, and it's just his clutch potential, is what New York has been terribly lacking, and they look so much better for it. Well, that's a great way to get into our next thing, because... With New York having an seemingly dominant game against yeah. the Rain, and the Rain playing the Shock so close. Literally, that way, should have been a Shock win. Right, and the way that the Shock decimated um, London, who played yeah. to New York much more closely than I think Atlanta did. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're talking about London I mean, London had with... one good map against New York. Sure. So I guess there was that versus just getting bombed. Right by the London or by the uh, San Francisco Shock. So I mean, you've got. Uh, it makes me wonder. Like, is is Shock and is the Rain? How good really are they? Are they a good chunk beneath New York? Do you think right now, or do you think they're actually able to compete in any way? I think I think they are a good chunk between New York right now. I think. Outside New York, they, they definitely looked like the best teams. Like in this Reaper Doomfist meta, they looked like the two best teams. Just New York had a far better read on the meta than them. That's exactly what Baby and, Ray said, too, in his post-match yeah, interview. Yep, and were able to just kind of exploit that. And the Atlanta Reign tried to adapt. Like, they definitely were running more Bastion strats, and they had some good looks. Um, but, yeah, that New York definitely seems like they're way better. So I... This week is going to be incredibly important on how teams adapt. Like, New York's a favorite to win this tournament, but if you remember, like, Seoul looked so good going into this, and then everyone else had a week to adapt to what Seoul just created as the meta, and then Seoul didn't look so hot anymore, right? That's they were true. getting beat at their own game. New York's fixing that There's that a same chance week. that New York could have that. Um, I do think 
uh, Sabio B's Reaper play, even in the Doomfist Reaper um, mirror, like Libero and Sabio B are looking like they might be the best DPS duo that we have. Um, just Reaper, Sabio B's Reaper is nuts. The only one that probably other person who gets close to his Reaper is probably either Surefor or Soman Sue. Mm. Um, but otherwise, it's just, yeah, it's a Sable, Sable B show, and um, we've got Libero doing so good on the Doomfist, particularly killing Moiras. Sure. Doing so good at that, That's where a lot just, of the other Doomfists are playing like counter Doomfist. So, yeah, I think it's, it's really hard to say. Is, is Shock going to be this good? I have, my big worry for the Shock is their Sigma play. But Hyobin just did not look that good. Um, okay. He played, he looked okay against Gesture, but I also think Gesture is not a good Sigma. Oh. Where you've got the Atlanta Reign, where I still think, even after that New York match, the best part of the Atlanta Reign by far was their Sigma. And the reason that it was so close against New York is because Gator is redonkulous. It really feels like throughout stage four, they just said, Gator, go play PTR and learn this new tank. Yeah, it's crazy. And he's doing so good. And he good. did it. Like, that was like, I'm pretty sure that was his Overwatch League debut against the San Francisco Shock. And to it get was. player of the match on your Overwatch League debut and to go In on a playoffs map seven against the epic, Shock. like, you've never played on the Overwatch League stage. And now you have to go to map seven. Most players who have played on the Overwatch League stage Every day that their team has played has never experienced a seven-game match. Like, only, like, the elite of the elite teams have ever even experienced something like that. It's true. So, to come in and do that, and and to be on map seven, and have, everyone's, like, talking about that C9. I do want to touch on this in that match, because everyone's talking about the big C9. Right. Right? That wasn't a C9, because, all right? I understand they didn't touch the point, and so that's a C9. But if a Winston is on Assault and pops Primal Rage and knocks everybody off the point, is that a C9 or is that a great play by a Winston? That's a great play by a Winston. Right? If you go back and watch this, and I encourage you, if you have the Overwatch League viewer, go back and watch that final fight and put Gator's point of view or even put Moth's point of view on this. Because you have that moment where Smurf dies on the Orisa, and now nobody's on the point. You'll watch Moth and Violet are going right for the point. Gator throws the Rock of Ages at them and just slams them. And if you saw that little clip on Sunday of like Moth's face going like, he yeah. like freaks out and like shakes when he realizes that they're gonna lose and then defeat flashes on the screen. I'm positive that's the moment the Rock hits and he realizes that nobody's gonna touch the card. It's interesting because in the replays you can see that they show us on the Overwatch League actual yeah. broadcast. The thing that strikes me is in the air, there's a Doomfist rocket punching past the point as Smurf dies. Yes. But, but, but he's not going to the point. He's, he's in the air over the point, right, pretty much right over the point, and, and flies away from it. And I mm -hmm. think that's part of the reason they're calling it a C9, because he, yeah. I mean, if he had just slammed right underneath himself or just fallen to the ground, it might have been a different story. We might not even be talking about this C9. Right. But he decided to rocket punch 
Well, and everybody looked at it too. When you look at it just from the overhead view and you just see the little heads yeah. moving, it looks like all four players go back to deal with this Doomfist. But really, in reality, they just send Sinatra and the Reaper back to deal with the Doomfist. And they're sending both supports to the point. It's just the both supports get hit by this rock by Gator, and there's a little bit of pushback on it, so right. they slide back. I wouldn't be even surprised if he was trying to, if the Doomfist was trying to punch one of them, mm. one of the supports, and they got pushed back by the rock. I, I thought, that's I thought why it he was Sinatra. Back. I thought it was Shock's Doomfist that was punching across. So Erster punches across, and then do, and yes, Sinatra goes back to deal with okay. Erster in the back line. But I think the reason Erster goes that far in the back line is the first point, is he was He's probably too. trying to punch the supports, and the, they get pushed back by the rock. Mm but was still probably the bigger play to get the rock and the stun so that no one could go back. And the shot call was, you guys go deal with the Doomfist because Erster has been, can just clutch a fight. We know right. that. He needs to die. I'm going to go touch point, says Moth. Sinatra, go back and deal with him. Sure. And then he, he gets stunned. Sinatra already used his cooldown to go deal with him. Can't get back to point in time. It's a C9, and they lose. But well. You should go check that out, but then, for Gator, sure. Gator, it, it was a clutch play by Gator, and he has so many throughout all of the maps he's played. He's To me, he's definitively our best Sigma. Like, as Sideshow said when they did their little segment ranking the Sigmas, put some respect on that name. Yeah. <laughs> Gator has been redonkulous, and that's why I think I could still see Atlanta doing so good, because this is a team that's liked Bastion a lot. Mm -hmm. And the if they past. can adapt well to what's coming up next, yeah, have a little bit more time than just a single Sigma day to there. prepare some Bastion strats, and they have this great Sigma. I'm I'm worried for the shock when it feels inevitable whether these two teams are probably going to meet again. Yeah, um, and I am worried that even if they both adapt to the meta well, I think that Sigma is still going to edge Atlanta out. Well, we're talking about how good the Shock are and how good Atlanta are, but. What about the Titans? They've been sitting pretty in what yeah. definitely amounts to an ivory tower in the upper side yes. of the winner's bracket. Yep. It definitely feels like you have your potentially your three best teams. It's like New York Shock and Atlanta. That's what it's looking like. And then you just have this big question mark on Titans because they've just been playing a totally different game than everyone else has got to do. Like, um, New York has been forcing this Bastion meta, and so you've been seeing these crazy games, like particularly poor London was like the only teams initially to like have to deal with this this bastion comp. Everyone else is getting yeah. to play into the Reaper Doomfist mirror. Not London. Um, they have to play New York, who does it, and then Shock say, hey, that looks pretty good. And they try it against London to great success. Poor London. <laughs> Poor London. Um, meanwhile, like Atlanta starts pulling out the bastion. You start seeing it a lot, even in losers um, come out. But in that like I guess upper winners. So if yeah. you if you look at how the bracket is done, there's like the there's the upper part of the winners and the lower. Even though it doesn't really denote like this is any worse right. or anything. It's just there's two different sides of the bracket in the winners. Right. But like Spark, um, Spark, Soul, Gladiators, Titans. These guys have just been playing the Reaper Doomfist. Mm -hmm. So we have not got to see like how are they with Bastion, right? Yeah. Um, there's still a lot of question marks out. If this Vancouver Titans team was to come up against um, a team like Shock, Atlanta, especially New York, and which they're going to be facing on Friday, yep. how are they going to look? Like, are they going to adapt? Are they still going to try to play this Reaper Doomfist? Can they do it? Because it looks like their Reaper Doomfist is pretty oppressive. Like, Hoxall and Soman Sue seem to be doing oh, yeah. 
very good together. Um, I, most people seem to think the lower quality of teams is the Soul Dynasties, Shark, and Gladiators, right? Right. So just how good are the Titans? That's a, that's a huge question. And what are they going to be doing over this same week? Are they going to just kind of keep doing their thing? Or are they going to try to adapt to this new meta that seems to be evolving on the other side of the bracket? Mm. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting how that's happening because it's not like regular season. Mm-hmm. And, and you really can have two different metas evolving. It feels a lot more like two different regions of contenders. You know, we used to have yeah. these Chinese contenders and Korean contenders yep. and North American contenders, and they all really had different metas because they never had to play each other. Mm-hmm. And here we have two sides of this bracket who aren't playing each other, and they're developing their own metas. Yeah, and it's, it's actually, like, really cool to see. Like, maybe we'll even see a new meta next week because just the amount of variability we've seen. Right. Um, and usually it takes, if you like watch an Overwatch League stage, uh, I'd say usually stage three, is, or like week three of a stage, is when a meta starts to stabilize. That's when you whatever you see in stage three, that, or in week three that's dominant, is usually going to be dominant the last two weeks. But and it takes that long to happen. And usually at that point, most of the teams have played four, some even five matches. Yeah, and there's 20 teams playing, so there's a lot more going on, right? There's a lot more teams and a lot more experimentation yeah. um, going on across the league, and teams get to see, okay, we're seeing a ton of different stuff, but these people look like they're the best. And then, like, it starts to... You start having, like, instead of ten different strategies, it starts to get to, like, five different, and then finally, like, the last week, there's maybe, that week three, there's maybe... One, one or, or two. two strategies, and then you finally get to see that week, okay, this strategy's the best, and now everybody's playing it. There's significantly less teams playing, um, and, there's, and there's less games that these teams are playing. And so there are these opportunities for teams. Maybe they realize there's an even better counter to this, this Bastion comp, and we start seeing something totally different. But so far, we've had play-ins, started as far as Doomfist, Soul breaks that. We come into this week, Everyone's playing the Reaper, Reaper Doom Fist. And New York, New York breaks it. that. So you expect the meta's going to shift this week, but will there be another team that breaks it, or is this what we're going to ride? Who knows? And, like, how well are teams going to adapt? Like, we're saying New York looks like the favorites. Can Vancouver suddenly look like the favorites if they adapt to this meta? Can Shock suddenly look like the favorites if they adapt to this meta? Right. Is Atlanta going to come up with a new meta that's going to break everything, and now they go into the grand final looking like the favorites? Yeah. It, it's crazy how much, like, even though New York looks like they're the best team, you could just fall out next week. You you lose your winner's final, and then you lose the loser's final, you're gone. You miss grand finals. Like, they're in a good spot. But anything could happen next week. True. And these teams all look so good. Like, Spark could be a sheer, serious dark horse. Titans can be a serious dark horse. Um, Shock or Atlanta could suddenly rise to what people thought they would be the two best teams in this meta before Atlanta went up against New York. It's it's insane. These matches are going to be so good, and they have been so good. Mm. So, we lost two teams this week. Yes. Next, right, leaving us with six teams. Next week, we're going to lose four of them. Four. Four. So, we have winner's finals. That's the start, right? So we'll start Thursday. We start with the two losers, I guess, like quarters, basically. It's quarter semis finals, I guess, even though there's not. Or it's losers round of two, or losers quarters, whatever we want to call it. But there's going to be two games in the losers bracket. Mm-hmm. So we'll have the Atlanta, the Spark play, and then we'll have the, the Gladiators, Gladiators and, and the, the Shock play. 
All right, and then these the winners of these two matches will go on to play each other on Saturday. So these two. You probably <laughs> probably San Francisco Shock in Atlanta. Okay, unless, great. Unless Spark or Gladiators do something, because I think a Bastion meta could really suit Gladiators it's as well. It's true. I mean, Sherpa and the Bastion to, is a classic. It'd have to suit them against Shock, though. Which is so hard. Which is so difficult, like, because ob obviously the Shock are already pulling it out. Yeah. And they didn't, and the Gladiators didn't have to this past week. Mm -hmm. And so the Shock's already got a little bit of practice on it. Yep. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like these are, these are the favorites. I'd agree. There's potential for both of these two teams to, like, Surprise! Oh yeah, there's upset potential like, all over. Hangzhou playoffs. always looks better the longer the longer they get to play and get used to a meta, but the meta shifting and maybe they won't do as good. Who so, knows? so and then this will be the match coming up on Saturday, right? Which is considered like probably like a lower match, but I guess to give them more time to rest, they have the winners final on Friday. Okay, so here's the winners final on Friday. It's New York Excelsior versus the Vancouver Titans. You can still see Cowell fans logo oh if you're a YouTube watcher. <laughs> I'm never fixing it. It's going to stay like that forever. <laughs> Thank you, Vancouver Titans, for having a green screen, green Titan logo. It's appreciated. Um, but yeah, so we're going to have this winner's final. The winner of this game is in grand finals. That's it. The loser will be waiting on Sunday. So let's, let's just say New York are looking like a favorite for the tournament. They're going to win. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there, who there's knows too much of a question mark happen, on Vancouver right now. But as of this week, if they were to play tomorrow, this is kind of what you would expect. Right. Right. Who knows what's going to happen over scrims and practice throughout the week? But so then, the loser of that match would be waiting on Sunday for the winner of this game, the Saturday match. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we're only having one game. Okay. Um, and then whoever wins this. Atlanta, who do you think? Who do you got? Shock, Shock Atlanta, who do you got? That's tough. That's tough. With Gator being the best Sigma we've got right now, Right. with Baby Bay's ability to adapt to Bastion metas, because Baby Bay likes yep. his Bastion. Mm -hmm. And let's just be honest. There, the attitude and the mentality on the Atlanta reign is that of a winning team. Sure. I got to be honest with you about that. Like, the way Baby Bay came out and went, look, man, we're just happy to be here. Even if we lose, no one expects us to be here. So we're gonna do awesome. We're just gonna we're just gonna do great stuff. I mean, stuff. Shock have a pretty winning attitude too. In shocks, fact, but they've shocks, won a lot. But Shock's <laughs> winning attitude is not. It has so much more pressure on them right now, though. I guess that's true. And They're I can more see, like, we're I the best. Right, and and that that can actually hurt you sometimes. Yeah. So I I think the way that the Atlanta Rain are dealing with things. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I don't think I could give the edge to either one of them right now in pure skill alone. Because the, San Francisco have Sinatra's Doomfist. Yes. Um, Although Erster kind of rocked him. I, I think Erster had the better performance overall in their best of seven. Sure, but that was one game at one time, right? Yes. Consistently, True. we see Sinatra generally being the better Doomfist, I think, yeah. throughout the league. Yes, definitely in stage four. So, he was the best. So I just... It's hard to give it to any of them in terms of just yeah. pure what the team's capable of right now. I'm kind of feeling so like... So I want to give it to Atlanta on right. mentality. I want to give it... I want to give it to Atlanta on mechanical skill. Okay. Where San Francisco <clears throat> Shock, I want to give it to them on coaching. San Francisco's coaching is crazy. They're so good. Like, the for... Especially the Bastion, like, if you're trying to mimic New York and have these, like, crazy set plays... Right. 
and the strategies, map-specific strategies, point-specific strategies, and having multiple right. to throw a team off. I'm much more faithful in the San Francisco Shock coaching staff to be able to pull that off versus the Atlanta Rays. Okay. So, I mean, you could even have, especially since you're going to want so many set plays, you could have one team practicing one thing and another team practicing certain maps. So you could switch. You could. We saw the entire, like, B, B squad come out against London. That was, but they, that was ultimate bad manners, you guys. Right? But that might not be their B team. I mean, those players are all ridiculous. Like, we've seen Super beat the Vancouver Titans. Uh, like, basically everybody but Nevix has had their moment of glory. It's true. Uh, like, your B team was Rascal and Architect, who were the best DPS duo in Stage 4. So, <laughs> like... It really, it really could go any, and either yeah, way. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. This, it's really hard to. This is just one of those things that's really hard to predict. We have so many question marks on the Titans too. Yeah. And and we won't get to see where we are in the meta like we've been talking about until yep. these games happen. Yeah. So, <clears throat> with that being the way that it is, I don't know. Like I said, I want to lean towards. I want to lean towards the rain. Yeah, mostly on mental too. attitude. But I don't. I. You're right. I'm the on coach, the Gator train. But well, we're from Florida. We're always on the Gator train. Yeah, there we, but right. <laughs> but you're you're right in the coaching staff of San Francisco being able to pull brilliant mm. things. This should be an epic match. It really should. Like no matter what, I think all these games are <clears> going to be crazy. Though definitely the games with the least potential to be insane are probably the initial matches. But any of them could be nuts. They really could. So and I'm excited. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a crazy playoffs. And then yeah, as as I said, the losers bracket. You know, you lose, you're out. And then the winner would go on whoever it is to play Vancouver on Sunday. And the winner of that match goes to the grand final. And that's playoffs over. <coughs> Just boom, boom, bang, bada bing, boom. We have a week off, and then we're in Philly. Man, it's so close. It's it's gonna we're gonna blink. And it's gonna, and it's gonna happen. Man. Are you going to the watch party in Orlando? Putting you on the spot. Uh, we're planning to, but there are things planned at the church on that Sunday as well, so we're, we're feeling it out. Ah, right. It's a Sunday. Okay. It is a Sunday. So. Okay. I'll the, be at Grands, people. I'll be in Philly, so you won't see me in Orlando, our Florida faithful viewers, but if you are uh, in downtown Philadelphia, you might run into the boy. And uh, if we could be there, my wife and I will, de will do our best to be in Orlando. Yeah, and we'll... we'll well, we did you. RSVP, so you know oh, we're nice. we're planning on going if it's possible. Cool. So, yeah. So, so many crazy things are happening. We've got teams strewn all about the table. We've <laughs> got no idea what's actually going to happen. We're all just saying, "Yeah, maybe this guy," and we really have no idea. <clears throat> but let's be honest. Neither do the people on the desk at Overwatch League, and they're getting paid to say they have no idea. Yeah. I mean, all, that's all you can do is your best guesstimate. <laughs> I mean, so, I was I was able to predict my my New York matches right this week. Good job. Yeah, we, uh, we were both able to see you New York coming out good on this. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, maybe. Hire us. <clears throat> and right now we're general. Man, <clears throat> gross. I'm trying I'm trying to pitch us to get a job at the Overwatch League. And then and I'm just, just dying. You're just on Mike the whole time. I don't know what I don't know what's wrong with me. I know I'm a handheld <laughs> to just push away from me, like those like those chumps in the league do. I just have to deal with it. Anyways, you know, with our with our call for that coming out accurate and the fact that every time we agree on things, things tend to happen like that, I think it's I think I think I would put a solid 
dollar fifty on the rain to come out at the end of the losers bracket. And I mean, this is my bracket has this as our finals. I have Atlanta winning. Wow. Yeah. You you calling them the adapters of the month then, aren't you? Well, yeah, I think they'll adapt to it well, and I think mechanically they'll. They'll, they'll edge out. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Whoever, if this is the finals, I'll be cheering for Atlanta. I uh, I want to see mixed rosters. Yeah. At the top of the league, winning grand finals. My my heart will be with New York just because I'm. I know. New York, New York, well, New Jersey boy, but some New York sports teams growing up. It just gotta gotta root for XL. Sabi will be my favorite player in the Overwatch League. Yeah. My keyboard. Is mirrored after his season two keyboard. I'm aware. You love really about it. Love Sabiobi. Gonna be rooting for my boys. Yeah, and I'll I'll, I'll be I'll 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 be cheering for the for the future of the league. And I think the best future of the league is one where mixed rosters become more normal. Yeah. And so for that, for the sake of that alone, I would be cheering for. Especially Atlanta. considering the all the ups and downs this team has had, like losing to Fran, having to pick up Baby Bay. Like this team has been through a lot. And they're still um, the Daco out really issues strong. they've seemed to have yeah. behind the scenes, um, and and it's like just doing a mixed roster is rough. Like if you think about the San Francisco Shock, who are doing great now, it took them a year to build up to that. Mm -hmm. Atlanta Rain that just hit the ground running the way they are, like big kudos to them. They're yeah. this year's Philadelphia Fusion, I think. I think so too. So I'm excited, and it's going to be a great, just great. It's just all going to be great. It's so great. Okay. Well, that's all we've got for you today. Uh, we want to do a big shout-out to Popped Off. Thank you for helping us with all the things that you help us with. They're the reason we're on so many podcasting platforms. They're the reason we have pretty graphics and stuff. So thanks, Popped Off. Um, please, please come check us out. We're on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Come and listen. Come and watch. Share us with your friends. Guys, cannot express to you enough. If you like the show, the biggest thing you can do for us is share us with your friends because that's how more people watch the show. And then we go, hey, look, more people want to watch us. We'll do more stuff for you guys because we like you. Okay? Um, make sure to follow us on social media, at least on Twitter or Facebook. I do post the shows on Instagram, but I've been struggling. Instagram is hard. Maybe I'll do an Instagram story while I, if I make it to Orlando. Just yeah. story my way up there. That'd be fun. I'm going to post a bit from Grand Finals. Yeah, yeah. We'll try, to, we'll, try to, we'll try to get on that. You guys yeah. deserve better from us. All right? What's Instagram? I haven't even logged into my Instagram. That's... That's because Instagram is technically owned by Facebook. Ah, uh, yes, that platform I don't use. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, anyways, thanks for tuning in. I'm Alurimore. I'm Haller. And you have been tuned into Cal fans, and we'll see you next week.